I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better group of pots of flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Producing single rows like flowers continually from June to the my thanks to this week's sponsor, Wetman's Pinks of Dawlish Devon. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some of the latest news, views and a bit of timely advice on all things gardening. Later on, I'll be chatting to Medwin Williams, 12 times Chelsea Flower Show gold medal winner with his exhibition Vegetables. And of course, he's president of the National Vegetable Society. The weather remains remarkable. I wish you could perhaps join me here. It's really warm, hazy sunshine and sitting in the polytunnel, surrounded by sweet peas, in full flower, and really heavy with their fragrance. The variety high scent I always grow, it's a sort of cream with a very light lavender picotee edge. The fragrance from it is really quite fantastic. Out in the garden too, there are holly blue butterflies on the wing, several of them. I'm told that uh, they need both uh, holly and ivy to thrive and of course we've got uh, most of those in the back garden uh, and they turn up in uh, goodish numbers, the holly blue butterflies, um, every year. So what's new in the gardening world? Well, the conversation is uh, rather a buzz with Chelsea Flower Show that might have been. The uh, judges have been busy with the Chelsea Flower Show product of the year. That's a pretty demanding task. There were 11 entries this year. Everything from twill, which is um, a naked garden twine as they describe it, selling at two ninety-five, right up to Gaze Burville's elegant sculptured curved seat the Meander 3 at £6,960 ago. I mean, how do you judge between uh, things of uh, extraordinary differences in price? Uh, the Access Garden Products have introduced the City Grow House. It's a very neat, small, toughened glass-clad greenhouse that will fit in the smallest space. That sells for £479. And I was uh, particularly interested to see that it had automatic watering systems and uh, ventilation, which are critical, of course, with uh, a very small, confined space 
It also has uh, toughened glass shelves so that light can pass through from plants on the top shelf to those lower down. I hadn't seen that before. After much deliberation, uh, Chris Harrop of Marshalls, the Sustainable Director of Marshalls, and Deborah Meaden from uh, Dragon's Den, two of the judges, and uh, members of the RHS show's staff, they judged veg pods, veggie bag. That's like a column of mesh around a container that allows a whole range of crops to be grown and protected from, well, all of the pests that are on the wing. And, of course, it will keep off uh, cats and pigeons and goodness knows what else. And the judges thought that it was particularly appropriate with so many people now new to growing their own, needing to give uh, some of their homegrown veg a bit of protection. Scottish garden centres remain closed until certainly the 29th of May, and so they will miss the two key May Bank holiday trading weekends. I would think it would be devastating for them. Scotland, the only country left in Europe with its garden centres closed, doesn't make any sense to me. I was interested too to hear Prince Charles has called for a land army of workers to pick fruit, and the next day the uh, online crashed with the numbers of people registering. Good luck to them. I loved my month spent picking fruit way back in the mid-50s. Great job to do. Up early, nice sunny morning, picking, in my case, rich red Worcester Pearmain apples. So anybody signing up and helping farmers pick their fruit, I wish them well. I also hear that the Eden Project hopes to open in July. I don't understand why public gardens are still closed. I mean, if two people can play golf, surely two people can safely walk round a big garden. And I hope those gates are very soon opened. On the gardening advice front, I had an inquiry this week from Caroline, who uh, wants to buy blueberries as a gift for her husband on their 10th wedding anniversary. It's a pretty good choice, with uh, blueberries pretty in flower at this time and loved by bees. They have attractive mid-green leaves right through the summer and then, of course, delicious purple fruit and attractive coloured foliage at leaf fall in the autumn. Even if you've got very small blueberries starting out to grow them, there is the advantage that you can pick a small number of fruit and deep freeze them and then over the weeks gather enough for a useful serving. Blueberries, of course, deep freeze very well. You do need acid soil for them. So uh, in a number of gardens, it's advisable to grow them in containers in an ericaceous compost. Unfortunately, they grow very well in containers. I had a big one reached almost uh, two metres over a 10-year growing period in a really big container. Must have been uh, 18 inches, if not two foot uh, diameter. And that cropped really heavy. I could pick uh, 
8 to 10 pounds of fruit from it. It will take a little time to build a plant up to that stage and of course you must be able to keep container plants very well watered through the summer. They'll take quite a bit of moisture. But apart from that, they're pretty easy to grow. And so uh, I hope Caroline gets uh, some nice plants and that over the years uh, they enjoy the fruits. With the very high temperatures and bright sun, it is important that all glass houses, cold frames, uh, even conservatories uh, that have plants inside should be shaded. There's a product called Cool Glass. You just mix it with water and spray it on. It's very clear white and you need a white shading because that reflects the light and reduces the heat. Whatever you do, don't use anything green in the form of shading because that will, if anything, increase the heat rather than reduce it. The benefit of cool glass is that come the autumn, when you need to remove it, you just have a duster and it just wipes off. As easy as that. In the past we used to use lime. Boy, that was a job to get that off in the autumn. You needed some elbow grease to remove that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now my guest today is Medwin Williams. Medwin and I have worked alongside one another at flower shows over the years. Uh, and one thing I didn't know, Medwin, is that you're a big sports fan. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Very much so, Peter. I, I actually love <laughs> my football. Passionate about my favourite football team, of course, which is Liverpool. Well, you're not far away from Liverpool, are you? Up in Anglesey, yeah? No, no. But it's been, always been a Welsh connection with Liverpool as well. Quite a few players from Liverpool have played for Wales. And when we were at Chelsea together last year, you were showing me a new tomato. Yes, a tomato, which was uh, quite unusual. I asked the breeder if he could cross me two varieties. One in particular would be Cedrico, which was a, an F1 hybrid, a red medium round tomato, which was a, a winner on the show bench and tasted well. And I asked him if he'd cross it with another older F1 hybrid variety called Gold Star, which was equally round, but it didn't have the, the vine ripe gene in it. So he crossed it, and after he prepared all the crossings and got the seed out, he said to me, Medwin, we have now to register this with the powers to be. He said to me first, what do you want to call it? 
So I said, football-minded, of course. Wales did rather well that year in the European Cup. They went to the semi-final. <laughs> so I said, call it the Red Dragon. Oh, he said, that's a good name. So off he went. And within about two weeks, I had a, a phone call of him and said that uh, Defra had refused the name. Uh, they didn't give a reason why, but they did ask for an alternative name to be given to the tomato. So tongue-in-cheek, I said, Adrai Goch, which is the Welsh version, of course, of the Red Dragon. And they accepted it. <laughs> I don't know if they realised or not it was Welsh, but and to my knowledge, Peter, it's the only vegetable ever to have been registered in the Welsh language. Oh, right. And I'm very proud of that. Well, now, can you tutor me in the name, in, in pronouncing that Welsh name, then? Erdraig Goch. Now, we've got to say that without spitting all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so what is red in Welsh? Koch. Koch. Koch, yeah. Koch, Yeah, Well, it's at the end of my village name, actually, which, uh, if you'd like to hear it, is Sanvair Pusquingis Goger Achwyrn Dropwys San Deseilio Go Go Goch. So that's why, you see, I grow these four-foot pastives and three-foot carrots to match the name. <laughs> and that is where I actually live. I'm not going to have a go at that. What? No, I, I think it takes a bit more of a practice to get that one right. <laughs> it's, it's actually a fun name. It was created by a Welsh tailor around about the 1500s, I believe. So he, he extended the original name by many, many letters to confuse the English tourists. And I think he did a bloody good job of it, to be honest. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe what is it about... Growing show vegetables. I mean, you have the disease beyond all measure, don't you? I do, and I blame my father for that, really. Um, I started growing when I was about eight, eight, nine years old, perhaps, or even younger. My father was a farm worker, and the only time they had anything off farming was a bank holiday. And the first bank holiday of the year, of course, was Good Friday. And... He used to plant his new potatoes on Good Friday. Then if it rained, oh my God, he'd be in a temper. And if it rained on Saturday, it'd be even worse, because my mother would never allow him in the garden on Sunday. It just wasn't done. So it was one of these Good Fridays that he raked a, a square yard of the garden for me, and he gave me three packets of seed. And I've said this before, but it's ideal for a child to, to learn to do it. He gave me radish, mustard and cress very quick to mature, very large seed to handle. And within about four or five weeks, I had a big sandwich of radish, mustard and cress with lashings of salad cream on it. And, you know, I was intrigued as a child seeing these green things pop out of the soil. It's only a square yard, and he'd open the furrows for me, and I uh, put, put the seed in. And from that point on, I was taken with gardening. I used to help him put the early potatoes in the rows and he'd cover them. And then, of course, it became showtime. And the Anglesey County Show was my father's Chelsea. And uh, to go in there, I always, even today, when I go in a marquee, there is nowhere like a marquee to stage a show, by the way. It's the smell, Peter, that gets me. It's the smell of mown grass, the smell of flowers. And it's really in my brain, you know. And the other thing that attracted me when I was younger was the 
stands at the back of the wall. I could see these vegetables sticking out, celery, leeks, these big onions in the middle, and uh, I was fascinated with that. And in them days, of course, uh, there was quite a few exhibits right along the back of the tent, particularly so in Shrewsbury. We used to go there as well. Oh, Shrewsbury, yes. And that was a fantastic show in its heyday. Yeah. So that was my father's ultimate aim, to try at Chelsea. So we progressed that way, really. And now you've got your son involved. Yes, Alwyn. Alwyn was in the Welsh Guards for 25 years. And when he came out to the Welsh Guards, I thought he was a paramedic, actually, in the Guards. And I thought, well, he's guaranteed to go in for fire service or ambulance or something like that, or a hospital even. When he came in the office one day and he said to me, Dad, I'm going to join him in the business. And the first reaction was, well, I can't pay you, bugger all. So <laughs> he said, well, we'll go together and we'll try and turn the business round. And, yeah, that's what we've done. We work fairly well together. Not all the time. We have our arguments. But we agree to disagree in the end, I think. What is it, do you think, um, that, that really makes us so determined to grow very large things and superb specimens? And, of course, people will go to... Enormous length. Sometimes they don't even play the game, do they? No, no. Well, I uh, people ask me sometimes, you're the man who grows these giant vegetables. And I say to them, no, correction, I don't grow giant vegetables. I grow vegetables to their optimum and give them a lot of TLC. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I've, I've been copying quite a lot of Edwin Beckett. Edwin Beckett was a big exhibitor in the 1920s. Um, you must have remembered that, Peter. It's just a little before my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you've heard the name, and he's written books on growing vegetables for exhibition, and they're quite rare now. I, I have both books he's written, and they're really, really good. He was light years away ahead of his time, and he used to stage these large exhibits, 40-foot displays even. Um, he did some at Chelsea, and... Other places, Crystal Palace even, um, places that have long gone now. But I seem to have copied quite a bit of the way he staged things. Not everything, I've developed my own method as well. But um, that was the traditional way at that time of staging vegetables for exhibition. Now, didn't you come across um, a little bit of skullduggery in Scotland? <laughs> You're taking me back a few years now, Peter. That was when I was much younger. I went up there for the championships. And the host of the championships had actually set a little competition on the side for the longest beetroot. And uh, I wasn't really into that sort of thing, but I did grow long beetroot for the collections. So I thought, well, I'll enter one. And I pulled one, and it wasn't bad. It was about four foot long. So I took it there, and they had a blackboard on the slope and there, there was a white line across the top and all you had to do was lay it down uh, the shoulder onto the white line and obviously who won was the longest of course about five minutes to go before closing and this little chap came in with a flat cap and a shoebox under his arm and he came up to me and he said to me do you know where the steward is and I said um, I think that fellow there is the steward I said to him so he went up to him and I heard him asking him have you got a table I could put me beetroot on so I thought this is a bit weird so he 
opened a shoebox. He had a little boy with him. The little boy held the top of the beetroot. The body of the beetroot was only about six inches long, but he'd wrapped all the roots right round, around, around, around the body. So he very, very carefully unfurled these roots. Far too careful, for my opinion, Nick. And then he had the cheek to ask, have you got another table? <laughs> so this thing kept extending, and he was well over eight feet. <laughs> and one of the lads sit, sitting next to me had a, an eyeglass, an optician's eyeglass in his pocket. And he had a quick look, and he said to me, he said, he's joined these with super glue, is it? And the word went round, and all of a sudden the fellow packed up his beetroot and left the tent. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic cheat. <laughs> But he raised a laugh, you know. Goodness, I've not, I've yeah. not come across that before. <laughs> no, well, I, I have come across a few. I was judging the local show once when I came across three carrots and I could smell something. So naturally you pick them up to judge them and look at them and all of a sudden my thumb went in. There was a huge crack. He'd laid it on his back and he filled it up with mansion polish. <laughs> How, how desperate must you be to get a red card or any card? Now, I mean, there's an awful lot of people with the lockdown who have come into vegetable growing pretty well raw, so shall we say. Yeah. Any any tips or advice to them? Yeah, um, yes, you can grow in... You don't need soil to grow vegetables, that's one thing. And you don't even need a garden. If you've got a small patio at the back or the front of the house... If you've got it in a nice sunny position, better still. Um, even if you've got an apartment and a veranda on it, you can still grow stuff. If you can get a bag, even an old Tesco bag, slit in the corners on the bottom, put some compost in, and then you can sow quick-growing things. I, I got a batch of vegetables, I like to call them the 10-week vegetables, and that's how I time them for Chelsea and Malvern. And uh, the French beans, the regular dwarf-type French bean, kohlrabi, uh, turnips, various turnips. You can grow salad material, lettuce, shallots are very good, very quick to grow. And it's my favourite vegetable around this time of the year in May when I thin the clubs of shallots out and I make a shallot omelette. Beautiful. And, and do you use then the bulb or the leaves? Oh, I use both. I, I mix the bulb with the leaves. The both together, that's what gives it the nice flavour. Chop the tips of the leaves if they've gone a bit yellow, but the rest of it I chop down about uh, half an inch long, chop them all down, stick them in the frying pan, mix four or five eggs together, bit drop of milk, bit of pepper, salt, and into the frying pan they go. Delicious, absolutely delicious. You don't need anything else, just that. Well, that's a pretty good tip, that is. Uh, and I must remember that. A ten-week vegetable, as you call them. Yeah, that, that's what I call them. The kohlrabi, turnips and the French beans in particular, they'll they be ready from the date you saw them. The ten weeks after, you can eat them. They're the right size, right maturity. Now, Mervyn, if we have listeners who want to uh, see what seed you offer, how do they find you? Well, we're online, Peter, on medwin at medwinsofanglesey.co.uk. It's quite long, but it's not as long as Sanverpus Quingis got. Well, I won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very good to speak to you, Medwin. Uh, um, I'm busy working away at Hyde Hall at present, and uh, I just had my fingers crossed that the RHS Autumn Show 
will be held there in October and we'd luck we'd see you there. Yes, I, I'm judging there. Um, and, of course, it's a fun competition. We'd like more more people to come there and see the heavy pumpkins being weighed. And it's great fun, actually. The area's roped off and we weigh all these giant pumpkins and the kids are fascinated yeah. with them. They actually sit on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're that big. So it'd be lovely to see you again, Peter, in October, I hope. God willing. Thank you very much for joining us today, Medwin. Wish you well. Stay safe, please. Yes, I will, Peter. Same to you. My tailpiece from America. Give weeds an inch and they'll take over your yard. Along with the saying, one year's seeding, seven years weeding. It's a battle I'm facing with some uh, groundsel. At least they're easy to pull up. And I must get at them before they spend uh, another seven years of work. My thanks to this week's sponsor of our podcast, Wetman's Pinks of Dawlish Devon. Hope you're enjoying your garden and look forward to speaking to you again next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.